Cheers. Cheers. That's Welcome. solid. That's a solid one, yeah. I'm Kane. And I'm Andy. Welcome to Diplomacy Games. And we're having a drink today at the Soapbox Brewery in Fortitude Valley. Yep. Hopefully the audio is not too bad because there seem to be speakers everywhere. And, I mean, it's head, good. Head bobby music. I'm, I'm on a honeyed porter, which is a porter with honey added after the brewing stage. It's quite nice. Nice. I know I'm on an IPA. I can't remember the name of the IPA though. That, that's something. I think it's kind of been covered by a, a block. Oh, oh, oh. I just check it. No, I checked the beer menu. It'll be here. No, it said the beer menu is actually food menu. Here it is. Nice one. The ranch. The ranch. The ranch. The ranch. There we are. Which is appropriately named for the soapbox. Yes. Or yep. some diplomacy players in forums. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Actually, just around the back of this place is a little laneway called um, the Mead Lane. The Mead Lane? Yeah. As in like Honeymead? As in Honeymead, yeah. yeah. Um, which makes me think that maybe once upon a time there was a bit of a, um, you know, like a brewery part of town. Because this is this is like a microbrewery type of thing in the middle of Fortitude Valley, so we're back out to the valley again. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I kind of got off the bus, and you would have had the same thing coming from the train, just walking down Ann Street, what's that up there? Wickham Street, whatever it is. Bloody the number of places I walked past, going beer and wine in there, beer and wine in there. Like there's so many places we could go that we still haven't hit. So much so, I think one place we went to, oh, uh, like hidden down over there too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like. I can't remember if it was about, probably about 20 episodes ago. There's one place we went to that's now longer there and it's been replaced by a totally different venue now. I think we should do a few more fortitudes. Yeah. What do you reckon? I, I reckon, yeah. Well, I'm, there just seems to be lots and lots and lots of places to drink in Brisbane at the moment. Probably because it's so hot and thirsty. Yeah, and it is hot. Although the last few days haven't been too bad. But it has been hot. It has been fucking hot. Very hot. Do you know, I, I, when was it? Uh, so we were recording this on the 20... 1st of December? Today. 19th? 19th. And this is the Christmas episode. It is yes, the Christmas yes. episode. Um, although we're actually recording it because we're a day ahead of America. Yep. Um, the Americans have just held their impeachment yes. hearings on Donald Trump and the House has just impeached Trump. Yes. Yep. So, so the Senate won't, won't kind of go with that, so it won't make any difference. But I know, exactly, right? So, But if, yeah. it, if they change their mind, I guess Pence becomes president and we have to run up against him. We have to change our whole campaign strategy. That's right. So, folks, if you're just listening in for the first time, <laughs> we've decided that we would... Um, Run an election with me, myself, Kana, as the president, yep. 2020, yep. and Amby as the um, the vice president. Absolutely. Now I reckon actually probably one of your first planks should be party shirts for all, because you're on holidays and you're wearing a party shirt. I am Hawaiian shirt. You just just put a Hawaiian shirt on, yep, and you feel more relaxed. Yeah, I don't know how that would work if you're in the middle of winter. Hawaiian jackets. Yes. Yeah, that'd be good. Hawaiian, with matching horn scarves and gloves and beanies. Beanies. Yep. Brightly coloured goggles. This is a plan. I reckon that's a vote winner. Bring back the 80s style. It kind of will actually kind of yeah. attract the retro 80s skier vote to the um, 
vote for the diplomacy party or whatever we are, the independents. Anyway. Vote Kane 2020. Indeed. Hawaiian um, planks, Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts and jackets for all. And afterwards, if we don't get elected, we can take all the planks and make a, one of those, what do they call those huts? Tiki, tiki huts. Oh, no? Tiki. And, uh, 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 I don't know, you know what I mean. Yes. Some bullshit. Yep. But, um, anyway, I can't remember what we're talking about. How unusual for us. We're only kind of half a beer in. Hmm. Or are you on to your second beer? Because you got here early. Second. Second beer. Nice second work. Beer. Cheers. Cheers. Quite strong. Is it? How many percent? Five percent. That's not strong. Feels strong. Maybe you're a weakling. <laughs> Although, actually, you, you've done a bit of a shaving routine here now. You've just got the, the mow and... What do you call that little underbeard thing just underneath that, the... That's a moon beard, isn't it? Moon beard or moon? The moon. Oh, like a moon. crescent moon. The moon. Underneath your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moon or mood? Moon. Moon. Okay. Yeah. Underneath your lip. Underneath your lip, yeah. So, um, Mrs. Kana's birthday was just recently. Right. And that was one of, she wanted that for her birthday. Oh, really? <laughs> a, clean, a, a shaved, a shaved Kana. And I said, But well, you're not quite shaved. I'll go halfway for you. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I originally grew my beard as a safety mechanism because she was threatening to cut off my moustache years ago. Yeah, okay. Yep. So I grew the beard as camouflage to protect my moustache. So she wouldn't notice the moustache? Well, it would become less of a target. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> interesting, well, very, very interesting. Speaking of um, life and time, or more times, there's a Melbourne Open coming up. Yes, so in face-to-face scenes, we'll be going back to the Melbourne Open for the second time. Can we announce that we'll be going? Yes? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't so, bought the tickets yet, but yes, I haven't I'm bought going. the tickets yet. I have to. I don't know. Do you want to kind of plan things again, like same as last time? Or I think we'll have to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely going to go. We'll see how many of the um, now that we've got a bit of a Queensland crowd happening. How many of them are likely to go? Maybe some, maybe not. Who knows? Good question. I reckon some of the more hardcore guys have come back into the game. Might. Yeah. I reckon some of them probably know some of the people down there too. And they're probably sharpening the knives right now. We're going to go down there and... Uh, there you go. <laughs> Missed you. <laughs> All's fair in love and war. So that's on the 21st and the 22nd of March. Looking forward to it, actually. One of the first tournaments of the uh, Asia-Pacific Diplomacy Association Grand Prix. And then, literally just under two months later... Yes. We're doing a face-to-face Queensland round. Yes, so we're going to have an official Queensland tournament. And that will be on the 2nd and 3rd of May. So what's that, about six weeks later? So Tony Collins, who's attended some of our games in the past, he's kind of put his hand up and he's run tournaments previously and he said, you guys need to run run a tournament, I'm your man. Excellent. So he's kind of like, we haven't got a name for that particular event yet, we'll have to work it out. Good question. What should we call it? The Northern Crown? Northern Crown? That's not bad. That's not bad, is it? I don't mind that. I thought if it was going to be in winter, it could be something like the Winter Sun Classic or something to attract the Southerners up from their cold, dismal, grey... I like that. ...cold days. But seeing it's in May, I don't have to call it Winter Sun. It's still autumn. Yeah. Um, I don't mind winter... No, no, you say Northern Crown. Because then also this would kind of potentially impact on the trophy situation, wouldn't it? Potentially. The Northern Crown Classic. Or the, or Too the, many words. Yeah. 
the, the banana. Ooh. The banana trophy, I don't know. The banana. The banana bender cup. The banana bender cup. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, like sometimes Queenslanders are called banana benders. Or cane toes. Or cane toes. Cane toe classic. The cane toe classic. <laughs> Like have, have these kind of dead cane toes on top of like flint and you kind of spray paint them with a gold, <laughs> silver or bronze depending on how you go you kind of distort some of them into, kind of, into certain shapes so they look like you know Germany or Italy or way to spread out on the, yeah, one with a top hat one with a monocle one with yeah a... you just probably get a bit of resin on them when you kind of just kind of you know encase them in something so they don't rot you'd have to seal them yeah and then it's fair game. You'd be able to paint it. Yeah, so, so again, people listening to us from overseas won't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, these weirdos. Yeah, yeah so, so uh, the cane toad is like a uh, iconic Queensland animal that's not from Queensland. It was introduced here in, what, 100 years ago? From South America. From South America to yep. kind of come over and eat the little bugs and things that we were eating, the cane. But they did such a good job doing that, then they went off and went, huh, there's lots of other bugs around here, let's go eat them. And they forgot about the, uh, forgot sugar, about the, the, the sugar bug eating. And pissed off everywhere else. So yeah. there's these bloody feral cane toads everywhere that look the, like the most ugliest creatures. They kind of spit poison at you and whatever. Yeah, they're poisonous, yeah. So, But I've found from my prior experience, I don't know that you, but they go very, very well with a six iron or a cricket bat. <laughs> just, you know, come up and whack! And just see them fly for like 30, 40 metres. <laughs> They call and okay, and, and, the, and the other one, the banana bender one, is the assumption is that Queenslanders are good for nothing except for bending bananas. Yeah, because bananas are meant to come out straight, but people like them bent, so you have to bend, bend them. them. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And what do we got? We've got the Mexicans for um, the South Wales, Welshmen and Victorians. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, yeah, Mexicans are probably more. Yeah, they are New South Welshmen and Victorians, yeah. But yep. New South Welshmen are also called cockroaches. More so than Mexicans. Yeah. yeah, they're more cockroaches than Mexicans. Mexicans are more just a generic anything south of the border. Of Correct. Queensland, yeah. Well, New South Welshmen do call Victorian Mexicans. 100%. Do they? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Victorians just call New South Welshmen wankers. But... What are they call Tasmanians? Oh, two-headed inbred people. <laughs> Poor Tasmanians. They always get the fucking... They always get the dud deal, don't they? Anyway, so, um, anyway, anyway, so we'll, we'll have more information about that. But now, this is this is the official launch of the tournament for um, potentially the Cane Toad Classic or the Northern Crown or the Winter Sun Classic. We'll work something out. We'll talk to Tony. I like the Cane Toad Classic. I do think it's good. Very yeah. quintessentially Queensland. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I think we go with that one. I, I'm going to advocate for the Cane Toad Classic. Very good. Um, other stuff. What else is going around in the face-to-face environment? Um, well, Thailand 2021 is picking up steam. Yep. Um, there's a website that's been set up. I think we spoke yeah, about we this about on the last episode. episode. Um, I thought I would do a bit of a shout-out at um, maybe ajan.com or Thai Visa. What are they? Well, they're two websites, forum-based websites that a lot of expats hang out at. Yeah, sorry about that, listeners. We uh, got rather animated, and we've got the recorder set up just like balancing on the table, and just fell over. 
now we've uh, got all these, what would you call it, napkin serviettes and beer coasters propping it up. Because Hopefully the, that works. Because the music's loud, we need to kind of get closer in and... Anyway. Well, I can't even remember what we were talking about. What was it? I was talking about um, seeing if any expats were oh, interested yeah, yeah. in... Um, and you're talking about these websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just dropping a, um, an advertisement a bit closer to the day. An advertisement. That's what I said. Yep. Yep. Um, a bit closer to the date, saying, hey, you know, this thing's coming up in Bangkok. I was thinking a little bit further. You know how that, that idea that we, when, how we initially started getting people to kind of sign up for the Brisbane games and getting people to come along for that, apart from all your mates. Um, and some of my mates. <laughs> and then a couple of other people. Yeah. But anyway, the idea of like using something like Facebook ads or whatever like that, so that maybe we, what we do in the run-up to Thailand 2021... It's kind of put some stuff out, targeting people in Thailand who like diplomacy and things like that, but are clearly not Thais, you know what I mean? Like maybe they, I don't know, we can work it out, we'll do something. Maybe they are, who cares? But try to actually then try to create awareness in the expat community in Thailand about this event so that they may have gone to college or whatever and played it 10 years, 20 years ago, and then they go, oh, fuck, yeah, I'd love to do that. It's a world thing coming up, you might go to that. They're there. Like I, um, I lived there for a few years, quite a few years back, and I, I don't know if I ever told you, but I did run a diplomacy game. There. No, you didn't. I did in Con Ken. Con- yep. Um, which is the kind of northeast of Thailand, and basically I uh, was just talking about one of my favourite games with the publican of a, of a bar that I frequented. Yep. And um, and he was all. Is, is English. He goes, oh, I know that game. I love that game. I want to get that game. And so he actually he bought the game online. He had it delivered. And then about a month later, he goes, I got the game. Shall we organise? You know, and so I just wrapped together a whole heap of bar flies and gave him some information about the different countries and said, okay, let's go for it. Yep. And I think we got through to about spring 1902 and there was people... Laddered, they were drunk, very, very, very drunk. But we had a ball, we had a blast. Um, and we limped on for another few years. Um, and I, I, I totally forget how it ended, but yeah. Because the only thing I thought of, there must be like proper communities or whatever like that, or informal communities within some of these areas in Thailand, where maybe we can kind of just reach out to them and say, hey, do you mind just promoting this? I know whether we actually do like an expat tour of Thailand. Oh, there's a lot of expat regions. That, that, that's the thing. Um, that's why I was suggesting maybe Ajahn or Thai Visa as a location to advertise because that's kind of like a centralised information hub for expats. Like a message board or forum or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's a forum basically. So it's a place where information is disseminated for that sort of stuff to the expat community that lives out there. I reckon we've got plenty of time. We don't want to kind of waste our time, but I reckon we can organise something. Yeah, yeah. Well, just as soon as we know... Well, just as soon as we've got, like, a location, apart from just Bangkok generally. Yeah, but, like, if you're going to go out and about, we can kind of see if we can kind of get other games going around. Oh, actually, out to other parts of Thailand. Yeah, take it to the streets. Take it to the streets. <laughs> No. Huh? It's too big. Thailand's too big. No. Ah, smaller than Australia. Still, yeah. 
you ever tried driving around Tasmania? Yes. How long it takes to get places in Tasmania? It takes about two hours to go from one end of the island to the other. It takes two hours from Hobart to Longchester. I know, yeah. But (laughs) if you look at that distance, it's a shorter distance than somewhere that would take two hours to get to Queensland. No. Yes. Two hours is two hours. There might be daylight saving, but that doesn't make any difference. Alright, the roads are windier and they're more treacherous. Some of them are. The Hobart to Launceston one's not. No, but... If you're going from maybe south... Sorry, north to south, easy peasy, along that corridor, east to west, once you hit the west coast, or even that half of west coast, isn't it? It takes forever to get anywhere. Anyway, moving on. I think you're going to Tasmania again. It's a good part of the world. Mrs. Ambie and I went down there for our honeymoon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Never finished our honeymoon. She had to come back for a job. Oh. 25 year anniversary next year. Think about whether we go back, finish off the honeymoon. We finish the honeymoon. Yeah. Except it's like middle of winter. Pretty fucking cold. Lovely. Lovely and crispy. That's what saying, yeah. Lovely. Actually, it would be, I mean, once you've, once you've kind of lived in the Northern Hemisphere and put up with the winters over there, Australia's Tasmanian winter is no big deal. Yeah, no. All right. That's a fucking good beer. Do you want another one? I do. And when you get back, I think we've got um, it being Christmas, in the spirit of Christmas. I've got a gift for you, Andy. Oh, have you? I do. Awesome. I've got one for you, too. Oh. <laughs> all right. Back in a sec. How we press stop all the shit in the way? Oh, baby, pause. Okay, we're back. Cheers. Cheers. Solid clink again. Are you on the same again? The same. I love this beer. It's a lovely beer. The IPA. You were going to have the biscuit ale, and you kind of, I got you a taster, and your face just went, Yeah, you know, like, it's like it was a beer that wanted to be like a lolly drink. Well, when I originally went up to the bar and asked them the very first time around about their different beers, they said, yeah, it's kind of like an iced bogo. Yeah. So it's kind of like a raspberry and yeah. coconut and... Which is a, sorry, an ice bobo is an Australian biscuit that you buy from the shops. Yeah, I... I it was too I sweet. Sweet near that But mind you, the, the bloke said, oh, yours is actually sweeter. No, it's not. It's, well, it's oh, bitter. Sure? Yeah. So you can taste the honey in it. But it's got that... Oh, yeah. It's overpowered by the bitterness, I reckon. You've got that, that dry... No, that roasted yeah. taste yeah. with a little bit of honey. Can I try the IPA? Sure. That's a nice IPA. It's a nice IPA, yes, right. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, very nice. Do you brew, have you ever brewed anything, Amy? Uh, not for about 20 years. Okay. I did have like a little brew kit underneath the house. Oh, yeah. And I didn't have any major explosions. But I had a fair whack, and it, with the amount of time required to fucking scrub it all out, this is like 20 years ago when things weren't as sophisticated. Yeah. And the quality of the beer I got was pretty haphazard. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't have anywhere on the market the opportunities you've got for now with home brewing, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like literally you went to Coles or Woolies, and there was just like one kit with one brand and about three different styles you could pick from. And yeah. like, you know, lager, light, Maybe ale or something. Yeah. That wouldn't be ale back then. It's just like stout? A stout, maybe. The lucky. Maybe yeah. it's just lager and white. I don't 
I've, I've brewed in the past, and the thing that just kicks me in the nuts every time is the amount of cleaning of the bottles that just destroys me. I, I, I can't get around that issue. Yep. Right? Now, there's a, there's a bloke at work who had his own refrigerator specifically for his brewing. At work? Not at work, no. And <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been a story. Yeah, he, he would actually brew it and brew it into a keg. Right. And then pour it from a keg. He had a whole setup. Was the keg inside the fridge? Yes. Okay. So he would pour straight from the keg and he didn't bother with... It totally removed the need for having to have long necks. Yep. Which for me is the thing that just made it really hard to, to manage. So how does it clean out the keg? Well, it's just one big clean. I suppose it? it's one big clean yeah. versus like 20-something, 30-something 30 30 cleans. 30-odd long necks, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, good point. Yep. Mm. Anyway, if I was going to get into it again, I reckon that would be the way I'd go. Right. Very good. We got away from our Christmas stuff. Christmas. Yes, it's Christmas. Andy, oh, I have something for you. There Thank you, you Kana. You really shouldn't have. Oh, these are nice. This is nice wrapping paper. Is this recycled wrapping paper or? No, it's you? not recycled. So, um, mine's recycled. Sorry that's about a, that's that. That's okay. <laughs> Undies, socks, chocolate. Very nice. Feels a bit. Yeah, well, I, I love the, the wrapping yeah. on the outside. The, <laughs> you can tell I did what that. What the fuck is that called again? <laughs> Masking tape. Masking tape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there wasn't any um, the, there wasn't sticky, any tape? sticky tape okay. at home. We, so it feels out. soft. Yeah, open it. Okay. Yeah, Abby's opening it. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, um, so listeners, maybe you should just take a photo anyway while we're at it. Yep. So it is a a t-shirt. So I was getting a photo here, live live streaming. You got it? Got it. Hang on, hold it up a little bit more. Alright. There we go. Good. Got it. Um, it is a t-shirt, a blue t-shirt. With a monocle and a mustache, like a twirly mustache, with DMOL, Diplomatic Man of Leisure. <laughs> Where the fuck did you get this? Oh, How did you do this? Okay, um, I, I came across a store that does um, custom shirts. Right. Right. So you, you, you online it, or something? Or no, it's actually a physical store oh, in wow. Red Bank, and you take in a design and you, you just basically get it printed. You can take your, um, you can take any shirt in, yep. they'll print it on that, or you can buy a shirt at the store. So I thought wow. um, in, in honor of the diplomatic men of leisure, or man of leisure in your case, I, um, I've got you a shirt and I thought that maybe I'd um, start along the line of merch that I, we're talking about. I love it. I really love it. And it is... I had in my mind this idea of like almost like a design for a t-shirt, which was similar. It was like men in top hats with, you know, waxed mustaches and beards and holding glasses of whiskey and, you know, yep. with a blip in the background. 
But this is actually really simplistic, but in a perfect way. DMOL. I can imagine people going, what is DMOL? What the hell is that? <laughs> this is my shirt for all tournaments until we get proper merch. Tournament shirt. My tournament go. shirt. Um, you probably spent more than me on you, so I really feel like no, shit. No, 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 no. I'll, what, what I'll do, it's, it's not too expensive either, actually. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's totally are you selling merch to them, or are we just probably find something else cheaper online? Um, well, it's actually a good quality shirt, too. What I was thinking is that the, the expensive part's not, not so much the shirt, it's, it's the design. Maybe we should and get you, you to do our logo. Design. Who did the logo? Who did that? Me. Really? Yeah. But I was thinking, um, like running through different type prints. Yeah. And then, you know, each face to face will bring in a different or bring in a different design. Yep, still going. And then we could, I don't know, take a photo of the design and say, okay, if you want this, we can get it printed and sent to you on a shirt. You know, the next one's going to be, um, I don't know, I, I want to have a blimp. Yep. And I want to have one with a dagger in the back or something, you know. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. Out. Work it out. Cool. Okay. Well, I've got a present for you two. Oh, okay. Now, this present I've been... I don't know. How long have you been thinking about that one? Uh, when, pretty much when I saw the store, I went, I know exactly. When was that? Sorry? When was that? Um, just about after our last recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I came up with my idea for your present probably a few months back. I like how both of us probably thought of our ideas for each other way before I've thought about idea for Christmas for my wife's <laughs> present. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't thought about that yet. <laughs> I, I hopped online and, and found some nice earrings for, for Mrs. Amby. As like, oh, they'll be delivered between like the 3rd and the 5th of January. <laughs> and I thought, eh. I might get away with it if I take a, if I kind of you know have a photo of what which is going to get, but they're sold out of all the right colours as well. Colours. <laughs> maybe she wants. Maybe she wants a. We need a DWOL. <laughs> I'm married to a diplomatic man of leisure. <laughs> I'm the mole. <laughs> So anyway, I've got my present for you. Now, as I said to you before, my wrapping's a little bit crappy. Mainly because I plan to wrap it during the day at work because work got because my work at the moment is very different, very crazy. So okay, a bit cool. messy. Comes in a bag. It's a bag with a bit of crappy. Litter. Yes. Merry Christmas. There's a Christmas stocking. Spirals. Yes. Oh. Try not to look too closely because you might work it out. <laughs> yep, alright. Oh, so like it's it. coming apart. I like it, I like it, I like it. Alright, take a photo. Oh, I think it's, um, it's It's a Look out. frying pan with a pan handle <laughs> and, um, on both sides. So the. Hang on, I'll bring that Florida down. The Florida panhandle. See, that's what I was thinking. So, so this was a, basically it's a fry pan, folks. 
with a map of Florida and then a map of America imposed on one side and the one on the other. So yeah, Stuck down by blue tack. That doesn't look like a pear, whereas that looks like a frying. Does that I agree with you. That looks like a frying pan. But the little Florida thing doesn't look like a handle. It looks like a little knob. Okay, and I reckon yeah. that looks like a decent handle. Like that looks like less like okay. a pan. All right, I see it now. So the intention here is something that was practical but educational. You just have to stand on your head and look at the map upside down. Well, no, you just have to look at it left-handedly, I guess, as you said. It's a left-handed oh, pan handle. It's a left-handed pan handle. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Oh, well. How did you get the, um, the maps? Where'd you find those? The internet. I went to Google. Screenshot print. Just printed them out. blue tech them on. I only put use blue tech that way you can actually use the pan. Thank you, thank you. No problem, you always take the blue tack off so it doesn't kind of ruin the pan. Um, anyway, so there you go. Two gifts. Two gifts. <laughs> very, very good. Um, I really like that, thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Basically, more importantly, what size did you get me? Fat bastard or...? Oh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, you got me fat bastard! Oh. Hey. We had that conversation! Didn't we yet? <laughs> was it off tape after we were leaving the stand? And talking about t-shirts and you said, you always get extra large. And I said, you don't need extra large, you're not a big guy. So yeah, but like, I don't have a bit of space, a bit of comfy. And I went, yeah, I never do Excel. <laughs> Just large. Alright, well... There you go. Moving on. Yes, yep. moving on. What are we on to next? Give me uh, segment. Do you want to do a quick round the grounds or do we go... We can do round the grounds first, so I don't mind. Sure. Well, I was, I was thinking for the newbie segment that we take... Well, did you say you want to do round the grounds? This is why I think we should do round Nate, the newbie segment later when we're right, a little okay. bit more drunk. Because it'd be more fun. And even more fun for the Patreon listeners with their own special episode of Shitface Cater and Ambi. Yeah, correct, yeah. Anyway, so, so what? So uh, we're going to have. Round the grounds. I round think. the grounds, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, how are you going with your North American. Oh, my Undivided States game? Yeah. Or my. Um, my fun boat game? Oh, yeah, you're in a fun boat, aren't you? It's not much fun at the moment in the fun boat. <laughs> No, 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 no. So I'm um, in the American Fun Boat game, which is a gunboat game on that um, uh, Divided States map. It's anonymous, as we've said before. It's um, it's a gunboat, as I said before. And as I've mentioned previously, I had somebody who had already kind of shafted me. My ally had shafted me and stabbed me really, really well. So I've been been throwing all my resources just to stonewall him, uh, which has resulted in losing eh, maybe an SC to another player, slowly another SC to him. I'm down to a um, a smallish SC count. I am um, on your way out. In other words, on my way out. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yes, I can see that. 
Oh, you are. You got special mod powers. Yeah. Okay. All right. No need to go any further into that, shall we? No, no. 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 So the Undivided States so, game um, is continuing to, as I mentioned last episode, I think it's continuing to enter into the uh, the end game. Yes. Um, it hasn't got to a point where it's stalemated yet. It's okay. got the prospect of that. Yeah. I think. And from my point of view, I, I kind of hope when we get to the point that it's stalemated, everyone kind of realises that we're not going to get any further. And we can just That's draw the game and get it over and done with. Yep. So, um, um, but at the same time, if the game is going to continue to ebb and flow in certain theatres, I mean, I, I would have thought it's worth seeing how that pans out. Um, and I know that that means that some people might get like a bit of bored shitless if they're like nothing fucking happening in their area. But there's still potential for this game to, you know, not just to be a straight style mate, you know, that's desperate. Yeah, no, there's still movement. I mean, there's, from the last time I saw, the last time I saw this map, um, there's yeah. definitely been some movement in the um, what, what, the Appalachian states, or the. Oh no no no! I reckon I reckon that area at the moment. So if, if you're talking about Kentucky and New, and New York and and um, Florida, I suppose the Appalachians are actually a little bit further to the uh, the east. Further but anyway, to the east. so what's that? The uh, so we're getting Louisiana actually into. Or the no no, this is actually in, in Kentucky itself. That area there, look, because because. Um, uh, because Kentucky was able to get a few SCs from uh, from Hawaii, uh, he's well positioned, I think, at the moment, and has done so to, to build and to really fortify um, the eastern flank, as far as Kentucky is concerned, which has really slowed down a lot of the momentum coming out of New York. Yeah, look at that. There's a wall of units. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I think that's a that's a. The player there is doing a great job in that space. Um, there seems to be a still a bit of back and forth going on around that whole. What would you call like the northern borders of America, like around that whole uh, Canadian frontier? What the Canadian frontier? Well, it's actually not in Canada. It's in America. It's more like that Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota type of area. Oh yeah. That seems to go backwards and forwards, and even down into. Um, Bits and pieces of what's that? I mean, shit. I'm checking, testing, really testing my geography here. Um, little bits of uh, Illinois. That's pretty much it. Hmm. Those areas change a little bit. Like you see, one 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 territory or one SC will be one player's and will flip the other way a year or two later. So that this is what I'm saying. It's like there's not a lot of radical change, and unless there's some radical change on the board soon, I, I do think it's possible that we may get to a state where we um, we draw which would be a good thing um, but if we can kind of you know continue the game and, and progress it that would be better too now there's, there's a strange thing that happens with these large maps yeah um, and I'm experiencing it myself in a in a Europa Renovatio game yeah um, where because of the depth of 
the depth of units or the resources available to you once you get a certain size. Um, particularly in the, like the mid game or late game. Um, and I'm just looking at England in this particular no, Scotland. Scotland in this particular game, who's just um, smashed everybody. He's just he's just gone ballistic through the Low Countries, down through most of France and the northern, um, northern section of Spain. Area. He's got all of Sweden, no, uh, Norway, Norway, most of Norway. Anyway, but this <laughs> except for this this lone. Uh, what's that? Is that? Oh, is that Tiem Chen? Tiem Chen? Tiem Chen? Yep. It's kind of popped into. Managed to slip some units past his ocean Guard. territories yep. and has launched an invasion of into England um, itself. Into uh, what's SHW? Sherwood? No, Sherwood. Oh, it could be Sherwood. I don't know. I don't know what it is on the map. South Wales? No. Sure. No. no, it's going to bug me. Cornwall, Hampshire, Oxford, Derby, Wales, or CST. It's kind of like that. I, I mean, if you were living in England right now and you go, that's the West Country, but not kind of going down towards Devon and, and, and Cornwall. So probably more around your Cotswolds area. I don't know what it actually is in the map, what it's actually called. But it's the area that you'd normally consider the Cotswolds and the heart of England. But because England, like Scotland, is so large yep. on the map, he's he, he's actually losing units this turn. Really? Yeah. Why? Because of this invasion, and he hasn't gained anything in Spain, oh, right? Okay. right? Um, so where's this going? I don't understand how it's connected. Well, what to I'm the saying is that. With these massive maps, they can easily take units from their rear of their strength, so, so right at the back, and it doesn't affect their front line at all. And they can, can they can do that for a much longer extended period of time than you would expect in a normal or a smaller scale map. So the war of attrition in these larger maps extended it gets longer and longer and longer I like your thinking but I don't understand what you're saying well I think the beer moving into, <laughs> mo- moving into the divided states game that I've been watching no, no let's right? just use this game it's, it's no, okay so, so what do you mean okay so give me a practical example on this map so I can practical example so these fleets are getting they're flanking so these fleets being the Tiem Chen or Tiem Sen fleets which would be like in modern day Algeria uh, kind of in the middle of oh fuck somewhere off the, the Bay of Biscay a bit further off through yeah, the, heading towards Ireland area yeah. you know and they're, they're flanking so they're, around they're, the North Atlantic so they're all the way up through into yep yep so what's your point so the point is even though that Scotland actually potentially looks quite could be in a bit of trouble yes with this flanking maneuver look at the way he's coming down this way straight into this you know sneaky move into the rear of um scotland yes and down here yeah in the yeah, rsc yeah. yeah so he's he's going to have to really rejig his units around but because he's got so many units right, I he's able to manage a, a small scale loss in the strategic defense of his his territory whereas that doesn't 
happen in a smaller game or in a game with oh, less in yes. a tighter game. I 100% agree with you there. Um, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but yes, I agree with you on that one. Um, it's different, though, say, for example, to that situation with that Divider States game we were talking about where literally there's like you've got your front line, say, between, uh, say, it's Kentucky and Florida or Kentucky and New York or whatever. And you've got the, your front line there, and there's like obviously the units on that front line. Then there's units behind that. And then there's units behind that. Yeah. And then there's units behind that. Yeah. So that map and the way it works, maybe because it's that map is it's more, more land based, land based yep. is you don't get that same flanking around um, the seas that you get within the Renovatio um, Europa game. And this is one thing I've found really is that the whole, you need to not just dominate your overseer zone within the sea lanes obviously you're talking about, but you need to kind of have a, a protective wall that stops people getting behind your flank. Because once they get behind your flank, like these guys, you can it's kind of just, you can kind yeah. of go zoom, 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 bang, happy days. And because of the scale, they're able to actually sustain units from not getting supply centres until they're in a critical, until they're in a spot where they're able to get in and actually do some damage. That being said, look, um, so you're in this game, I think, yep. am I in this game? You were in this game, I think. I think I'm dead now. Yeah, I think I'm dead. Yeah, I'm definitely dead. So, um, I think Tiem Sien or Tiem Chen, depending on how you want to pronounce Tlem-sen. it. Tlemcen. Tlemcen. What would be modern day Algeria? Um, they've done a great job of ensuring that they've reasonably protected themselves on their eastern flank, where they've obviously made peace or not provoked anybody. So they've left that, that flank totally, not totally, mostly undefended. Which has meant they've been able to throw all these units up to these daring moves, which have paid off. The trouble will be, you know, in this case, because Egypt in this this particular map is now getting fucked by Milan, which is all over North Africa. Good work, Milan, by the way. Um, I don't know. I think. I think yeah. What, what direction is Milan going to go? The Mamelukes so. will be too busy trying to going back to kind of defend their homeland. What will be interesting is whether this dynamic between um, Tim Chen or Tim Tian or Tim Clem and Milan continues because they seem to be keeping out of each other's hair. And the Papal States. I think they're probably kind of... Okay, this is my alliance structure. This is what I'm thinking of is happening in this game. Yeah. I think, from my perspective, that Tlemcen, Papal States and Milan are of a... Uh, of a, a, a team common understanding yep that Scotland's the main threat of that this one is Switzerland Switzerland is friendly with Milan and is yep. um, and was friendly with Bohemia up until just recently yep Milan is against Hungary no that's Vienna that's Hungary that's Vienna no that's Austria yeah, Austria, Austria, Vienna. But yeah. friendly with Hungary. Yep. For the time being, Milan is also against 
The Ottomans. The Ottomans and the Mamluks. In I should look at this map now. It's friendly with Spain, uh, with, with Sweden, Sweden, and Novgorod, and Novgorod. Sweden is, is friendly with um, Scotland and what's this one? Teutonic Knights. Yeah. Which is just recently. Look, Sweden and Teutonic Knights were recently very friendly with Novgorod, but it looks like they've just sort of started to attack them. And so, actually, looking at that map, with this, I don't think we intend to talk about this at all, but sure. Um, but I reckon both Sweden and Novgorod were did the right thing at the right time to stab Novgorod, 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 um, because this is so exposed in the north. Huge. Yep. Um, and realistically, Novgorod, Novgorod, um, really should have seen this coming a mile off because neither Sweden or the Teutonic Knights are involved in some other major battle anywhere. Well, there was this skirmish around Bohemia. Yeah, but that's like, that's, that's, that's pissing in a can over there. Now it is, yeah. But this, this is, it this comes is back like, to what I was pointing like out. Lebensraum. This is what I was pointing out in the depth of. Um, strategic defence. Yeah, like um, <laughs> so. Novgorod, even though he's been stabbed by both Sweden and Teutonic Knights, yep. Novgorod still gets a build, four builds. But where, where are we at the? What, where, what season are we in? Um, we're in. What, what are we in? This is autumn. Autumn fifteen fifty. Okay. Yeah. So. You sure is this because he didn't get units disbanded or something? No, he literally, like, yeah, we'll go back. Check this one out. We'll go back. Novgorod had. Oh, it doesn't change the. Um, no, it just changed the map. Yeah, so he had, would have had. Um, so it's that four. Um, <laughs> it's interesting looking, going back in time, you see all of a sudden these stars all of a sudden appearing on all these supply centres on the border of uh, Novgorod from the Teutonic Knights and from Sweden. Is this, this is a, um, a gunboat game, isn't it? Yeah. It's like these two guys just went, fuck, game on, we've got... <laughs> we've got and they were like, obviously hadn't talked to each other, but it's just interesting that two... I kind of expect both of those players know their game well enough to know now's the time and the fact that they both worked it out at the same time. I think they're equally balanced, Sweden and and, um, Teutonic Knights. Meanwhile, Ottomans just got a... um, Well, how how would you put it with the Ottomans? A, um, A reprieve. From whom? Well, by the Teutons and Sweden attacking Novgorod. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ottomans really is able now to bring a few forces now, to his west to defend against the Milan threat. If I was now, the Ottomans right now, I'd be doing exactly what you said. I'd be throwing my units towards the west to defend against Milan. Yep. I'd be throwing love to Novgorod. And Novgorod would go, Phew, that was close. I can now go off and defend the north. Piss off out of the south. <laughs> and, then, and then the Ottomans can go, Boom! <laughs> That's what Turkey's known for. Take that. Uh, now, 
this alliance structure, what I was telling you earlier, it will be interesting to see what happens when Milan comes into contact with the Teutons, Sweden and or Scotland. We're still a while off way, for that, yeah, but I reckon that's way, probably way, around about... What way is going to fall? Five to ten game years, maybe a couple of months of real life years. Potentially, yeah. So this is still very dynamic, long way to go in this game, yeah. No, and actually looking at that map now, because as you said, I've just been eliminated in this game, effectively. And um, I'm looking at that now going, I did reasonably well to stick in as long as I did. I made, it, I made about halfway. Well, yeah, more than half of the players have been eliminated before you. That's all right. Say. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Is that a well, pat on the back? Or is pat that... on the, that's a pat on the back. Yeah, it doesn't make shit yeah. when it comes to the rankings, but anyway. Um, anyway, so that's, that, that's a good example. Another example of that... Um, depth of defence. There's, um, this one's still earlier, this is another Europa game. Um, I think I'm in this game, aren't I? I don't think you are No, I'm not in this game. game. No, I'm not in this game no. at all, no. So I looked at it and just from a position that I'm presently in and got confused. It's the beard. It's interesting to go from a, a, one of these games, which is... Are you in this one? Towards the end game, or no, middle game. Are you in this one? And a game that's still very much in the start. Are you yes, in this I'm one? I'm in this game. Which, okay. Um, oh, yeah. You're surviving. There's a couple of players already eliminated, but, you know, doing okay. Um, Having said that, though, I'm in one more game, one more Euro- Europa Euro- Renovatio. One Renovatio. Renovatio. And it's a game I'm doing not too bad in. Right. But I just happen to be in a part of the world, in a part of the map, that I just have no interest in. Like, historically, or oh, intellectually, <laughs> or, or any other reason. And I'm just... I, I, I honestly struggle put my moves in even though I'm doing okay in it because yep. I just have little interest in that period of history I don't know if anyone else out there has that um, particular problem oh, I, I, I must I, admit I, I got that in that game that we just talked about where you're still in it and I just got eliminated I've got negligible interest in that area you know what I mean so it's yeah. like it's hard to kind of when you kind of care about the geography and the history and the culture if you don't kind of care about the area, it's like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're in this same situation in this game, are you? this particular one, I'm, I'm not doing bad considering the stage of the game at the moment. Um, I don't even know what country that is. But it's just a country I have no interest in. I, I've never had any interest in it. And I don't like the colour. So... <laughs> You don't like the colours. I, I, don't, I don't like the colour of the country. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I, I'm just struggling to maintain an interest in this particular game. Even though I'm not doing bad. Yep. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this. Doing what, well, but struggling to pay much interest in it. What's interesting here, Kana, I find, is that um, we've actually flipped across about two, three Europa Renovatio games. Yeah. And what's what what is strikingly obvious to me is that you get this um, 
dominancy in certain theatres on this map, where sometimes ebbs and flows between countries, but there's usually always someone dominant. So you've flicked over to this particular game. I don't know if we can talk what the name of the game is. We can, I suppose. It's Gentleman's Pace, Ready b Builds and Retreats. Which Noah's been doing, by the way. Nice work. Yeah. But like here, we've got like Norway is quite strong. And often these games you find Norway is strong or Sweden strong. You've got Scotland strong in this game, just like we had previous games with Scotland strong, sometimes occasionally England strong. Yeah, but, okay, so you're talking about like geographical regions, right? Yeah. So a geographical region of strength would be Scandinavia. Yes, that's what I mean. They become like a, it's like a region that someone has to dominate eventually. Yeah. And then you have and the, the British um, Isles. Then you have uh, and then also an Africa. area around the, the, Baltic. the Baltic regions. There's usually a strength that emerges, or seems to be. There's the British Isles, as you say. There's generally a power that emerges victorious in, in North Africa, Africa. But this one's a, a clusterfuck, one isn't it? Yet, but and like a... Spain, similar situation. It becomes sometimes you can get a, a dominant Spanish player there, but that's a clusterfuck still. Still a clusterfuck. Um, France is a clusterfuck. Italy tends to coalesce. Yep. Um, and in this map, it is doing that because these two seem allies. North and the south. Yep. Yeah. And they're working together. Um, and then you have these eastern powers, like which one's going to be the massive land army? It's always going to be, there's going to be a Russia. It doesn't matter whether it's going to be the, um, the Golden Horde or, or the Novgorod or yeah. whatever, whichever the fucking one it is. Or, and you've got, you know, like a, the eastern, well, Who the fuck's that? That's no. Cora Quan Lu. I've never actually seen that and player do well. Normally it's the Mamluks or the um, Ottomans. Yeah. End, up, end up killing that, this dude. And he's the extra strong guy in this one in that, that area. But that, I mean, that's a geographical area. He's going to... It, it looks it's, like this guy's on track to become kind of like the, the Ottomans. It's like the Near East. It's the Near it? East, the Anatolian Peninsula. Yeah, the Eastern Anatolian, you know, Arab Peninsula, Holy Land, that type of shit. Persia. But it is interesting that, you know... And, and they're... Is often Have you noticed a strong Switzerland one, always does well? well I have not, not seen sure. the game Switzerland does badly. Hmm. At least at the mid game. But I don't think he's ever in a winning position, is he? Like, I've never seen Switzerland win. But then again, I don't think I've seen anyone win this game. But they always Actually, seem this, to... this one's the first one I've seen Bohemia eliminated so early. Oh no, the one I'm in at the moment in the. Uh, Cry God for Harry, he doesn't seem to be doing very well, does he? Are you still in that one, or are you killed off? Oh, I got killed off. Happily so. There we go. Yeah, see, there's no, there's no uh, Bohemia in that one. Look at the size of that! Turn about the Golden Horde. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. I mean, that just illustrates the point, doesn't it? You know, this this oh, A quasi, oh, sorry, a proto-Russian power. Yeah, it's like the Mongolian Empire is just sort of it's been blowing into the re, 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 um, breath and life, yeah. reimagined. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's something else, isn't it? But this one's like uh, Switzerland's doing well, and again, you've got the situation where probably England's dominating the British Isles. There's actually uh, Norway and Sweden are working together, which is why. No one has become a dominant player there. Yeah, but if you combine the two, that's a pretty solid power. Oh, yeah, they're a solid power. 
What's England doing over here? Still pissing around with Scotland and Ireland. Is he friendly with France, do you think? Yeah, they seem to be working together. They seem to have demilitarised borders, yeah. It looks like that at the moment. Yep, yep, yep. Actually, there's a few demilitarised areas there. France, like, Spain. Spain is like a bit of a clusterfuck because you've got bits of, what, Portugal, France, uh, what's that red one? Aragon? And yeah, Morocco in there. Castile? I don't know. See, I think it's got to do with whether these areas coalesce into a regional power block early. Yep. Or if they just sort of fall into conflict. Yep. Yep. So there are power blocks that have formed in this particular game. Yeah, okay. So it's just yep. a case of how that kind of progresses. One to watch. Okay, yeah. enough about Europa and Avatia. See, we've talked about about four or five games now that we're all anonymous and we haven't gone into any detail whatsoever about how we're playing. Let's talk about another game that we're playing in together that we can't talk about because neither of us know what we're doing. The gunboat. The, gun, the gunboat one, the classic fog of war. Yeah, look, I, I think I'm on the verge of collapse. What about you? I think I've passed the verge of collapse. <laughs> Are you still in it? I'm still in it, barely. <laughs> I'm hoping that, um, I don't know, that one of my surrounding neighbours don't kill me off. But, Takes you know. pity on you, okay. Now, you had a real-time game recently. Oh, I did too. I, um, I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before. I'm losing a bit of track of time here. Um, you know how it is where you go, eh, I've got like about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, I've got some shit to do, Yeah. but nothing really requires a lot of concentration, I'm on the computer, maybe I'll play a, a game, like a live game. Oh yeah? So I popped over to VDIP, nothing there because not many live VDIP games doesn't there. do live game, yep, yep. So I went to WebDIP and found a... Um, a live Germany versus Italy game. Okay. Yep. Who'd so you play I, as? Huh? Who'd you play as? Uh, Italy. Oh yeah? How'd you go? I lost. <laughs> so congratulations to Roadhog. Roadhog beat me. He got 20 supply centers. I only had 14 at the end. And... Um, it's been a while since I've played a live game. I think the last time I played a live online game was... Um, shit. We covered it in, a, in one of the earlier, earlier podcasts. It would have been... I remember where I was, I was um, having a, a week's holiday down in Yamba at the time and everybody in the family was asleep. So it would have been a good... It was, a, it was like a, maybe an Easter. It must have been at least two and a half... It has to be two and a half years ago because we haven't been going for three and a half years. I should do a live game again. They're fun. It was fun. How and fast are the minutes? How, how many? It was, it was five minute phases. Five minute phases, yeah. And I kind of occasionally was sending him messages because it was, you know, full press. Yep. Trying to encourage him to engage so he wouldn't fucking spend time putting in moves. Oh, distracting <laughs> tactics. Yeah. It didn't work, obviously. And I was also trying to come up with a, a strategy to outflank him, but it didn't work and he ended up outflanking me. 
See, I, I'm just no good at these one versus one games. Yeah, I, I think I think it's more. It's just too. I can't think farther enough ahead. Like a chestnut. Yeah, there's, there's a certain point where I it becomes foggy. I'm good up to like maybe two or three turns ahead. Yep. But past that, I've lost. Now, the good one versus one players, I reckon they can see like four, maybe five turns ahead. Yeah? Yeah. I reckon. And I was trying to do that, and I still had that aspirational goal, but it didn't kind of work when I was saying to collapse. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm lucky to get three turns ahead, I think. Okay, we're, okay, playing in an online environment. Yep. Five minute turns. How did you find that time? At the start, when I only had three units, no problems at all. No worries. Yeah. When I kind of got to, you know, 12, 11, oh, no, we're going backwards. 12, 13, 14, plus, I only got to 14. I'll, I'll, I'll make enough errors just playing as a bulk standard and game. I must admit, because because VDIP has the interactive map, and I've now become, I now love the interactive <laughs> yes. map, and I use it all the time over VDIP. <laughs> Web doesn't have it still. Oh no, don't they? So it's like, drop down menus, it's like, okay, so fuck, man, I've got to preview all my things and everything like that, rather than actually seeing it in real time. Uh, and the way you've got to put in orders, sometimes I must have kind of lost a couple of minutes just with fucking around, I don't know. It's like, like one time I got in my order with about five seconds to spare. Which yeah, is pretty tight, so you didn't get to double that's check tight, That's tight. And I must admit, in this game, there was at least one, if not two. Actually, no, it's definitely one order I misordered. What order? Um, it was. Okay, so I was in the Mid Atlantic. Yep. And I'd ordered to North Atlantic? But I didn't. I actually ordered to West Mediterranean. <laughs> Oops. And that was what really fucked me up. From that point on, I started having to play defensive rather than attack. Because my plan was to head up this way and start raiding England, which at that point in time hadn't been taken. Taken. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so right, yep. I ran out of time to check my orders and I fucked up. And there you go. So when's WebDip going to introduce the interactive map? Well, when we've talked to them before in the interviews, they said, yeah, 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 it's coming, it's coming. soon. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. No. Maybe it'd be like a Christmas gift to us. That'd be good. Christmas drop. That'd be real good. Now, I notice you're empty. Yeah, I, I really love this beer. Another beer? Yeah. I've been having too much beers at the moment. I, I know about you. It, it's summer. I know, but I'm normally really, really disciplined. Like, beer is only like one day a week, huh. and you know, on that day you blow out. But like, it's been like, eh, summer's beer time here, beer this day, hydrate, beer that day. hydrate, hydrate. Yeah, some chips, have some chocolate, have some fucking ice cream. And um, <laughs> notice the pants are a little bit tighter. For some strange reason. Alright. I'll have another IPA. Another one. Alright, I'm going to get another one. I'm going to lift the loop. And when I get back, 
watch if we move into our take on famous strategies and what that looks like on the diplomacy board. That's our new section. I think if you stop hitting the table, that would be a great idea. Yes. Done. All right. <laughs> See ya. Pause. Okay, we're back. Cheers. Cheers. Same beer. Same again. And we were just, and we were just wrapping up around the grounds, but we brought up a particular map. Well, this is the one that you got eliminated in, really? Yeah, I'm out of it. Yeah, yeah. Happy to. And you were talking about a player that you've been dealing with off tape, who, we since worked out... You've also been in contact I'm also with. been in contact with. And yep. I kind of said to you, yeah, his language is a bit odd, you know what I mean? I think, well, I, don't, I said that, you said that. We both went, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what was your observation of the so, way? I, I, I reckon that this guy... Whatever his native tongue is, he's writing really flowery prose. Yep. Like he's, he's being very proper and eloquent in his native tongue, like a like a like high English, as you would speak to the king. Yes, yes. Yep. And he's doing that, and then he's dropping that into Google Translate, and it comes through. And it, it, it's you, you read these messages, and you have to like take a double take. Like, hang on, that's what he's meaning. Like you, you actually have to stop and assess what it is that he's saying. Yep. And then go, yeah, that is what he's saying in continue on. It doesn't flow very well. Did he kind of, when he said flowery prose, did he kind of give you lots and lots of words? Because when I've been dealing with him, it's been relatively short, sharp messages, but you can tell it's it's like stunted English. Did you get short, sharp, or did you get bigger, bigger prose? No, I got larger prose. Yeah. So he's playing a Google Translate game without knowing he's playing it. Yeah. Or, or he's really clever and knows that potentially he's like a, a well-known player. Yeah. Who knows the players know how he writes to other players. And he's decided. And he's decided to drop it through Google Translate a couple of times just to fuck them up, just to throw them off the scent. That's the other theory. Well, he's doing well. He's doing well. Anyway, so, what are we up to now, Kano? Well, let's not go around the grounds. Yep. Now's our time for our newbie segment. Sure. Yes, as we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this so, is how... That, that's going to be... Is that my third or fourth bit? Third, third, third. So that's going to be your fourth. Third, fourth. And these are pints, so they're pretty hard for. Uh, so... I recently got a book by a guy called Robert Green. Did he give it to you? No, it's by a guy called Robert Green. Where'd you get it from? A bookstore. Oh, yeah. And it's entitled The Concise 33 Strategies of War. Okay. Right? Yep. Now, in our last discussion for newbies, we spoke about maybe moving into um, communication communication or you know, that dip- negotiation negotiation right, but I thought a, a really a, another interesting take would be to jump into something that's kind of like an agreed upon well recognised strategy as it relates to the world of war like Sun Tzu Art of War or yep. Klaus Witch on War one of those Machiavelli you know, Machiavelli so, okay, well, what does that look like 
in a diplomacy game. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just going to randomly open up this book. Random. It's okay. Yep. And Is that I'm random? On... You seem to have your finger at that point. Okay. Good work. I go, I've just opened up randomly to number 30. Yep. And strategy number 30 is to penetrate their minds. Communication strategies. So, so we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about anyway. <laughs> all right, uh, okay, so I mean, there's some no, other ones. Fine, in there. Like, 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 there's other change. ones like expose and attack your opponent's soft flank. Um, overwhelm resistance with speed and suddenness. Oh, I like that. That is good. So I'll tell you what, you open up to a random one, so I can't, I can't claim I have any... Defensive warfare. That's a... Pick your battles carefully, the perfect economy strategy. Do you want to do that one? Sure. Okay, pick your battles carefully. That's a good point. It's an excellent point, because if you end up choosing more battles than you're capable of maintaining you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So let's say you're playing Germany. It wouldn't make much sense to enter into more... Ideally, you want to keep your your, your enemy as one enemy. If you have more than one enemy, you want to need to have an ally to balance that out. So it makes common sense. At least one ally. At least one ally. You want to actually have more allies yep. than the ally that's than, than, than the person you're attacking. Absolutely. So that makes common sense. Pick your battles and limit the amount of battles that you're in. So this kind of gets you know, think about real world consequences. You don't want to be fighting a ideally, you don't want to fight a two front war unless you've really got the resources to fight a two front war. Yeah. So, um, early on in the game, if you're a newbie and coming into the thing, I think what's important is, I don't know, on that basis, you don't want to provoke someone from day one. Unless you're going to go all in on that player and you've got someone else to assist you on it. Yes. So, yeah. let's say let's say you're Italy. Right. And you go, I'm going to go full force, I'm going to take Trieste in spring, 901. Okay. Obviously, I'm not going to say that to uh, Austria. You probably wouldn't say it to anyone, really. Would you say that to anyone? No, because they'd bloody tell Austria. So you're right. <laughs> but okay, so now we're in autumn 901 and you've moved in Trieste. Yeah. Unless, of course, you negotiated that with in Austria, some type of... Key Lepanto. Key Lepanto, Kana <laughs> Maneuver. Um, chances are you'd be then talking to other players and saying, okay, look... Let's you talk to Turkey. You say let's fucking get Austria. You want to be able to take out one player quickly, so that you can get the builds to then reposition yourself against the attack elsewhere. Because yeah. I'll use the example: Italy needs to kind of kneecap Austria quickly, so that once France, as an example, gets you know, Spain and Portugal and maybe Belgium, it starts going, hmm, am I going to start attacking Germany, England or Italy? It goes, right, Italy's got these bundles of supply centres that's recently picked up, it's now all these units defending itself, I'm not going to pick a fight with Italy. So there's a bit of, what's the topic we're talking about? 
<laughs> Pick your battles carefully. So it's a bit of workout. What's going to give you the best advantage both now and have longer-term strategic consequences? Because there will be consequences. Yeah. Right. So, so you, don't, you don't pick your battles just because, hey, there's a cheap SC here that I can just grab. Yeah. You've got to think through, think what through. does that mean? Yep. Perfect example of a couple, I think it was our last game we played face-to-face, where I was Italy, yep. and Germany decided just randomly... Do the reverse to, Alpine chicken. Yes, which is basically to attack Italy with all he's got. But at the same time, he didn't make any allies. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anyone that that's what he was going to do. So he left himself entirely exposed. He didn't pick his battle very carefully because Italy was myself was able to then talk to France, England, and Russia and Austria about how evil the German player was. So let's say let's let's put yourself in the shoes of um, Sean was playing the German player, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So let's put yourself in the sh- in the ca- in the seat of seats. Seat. Shoes. Shoes. <laughs> the shoes are shown. Um, if you really kind of came into the game going, you know what? I'm going to do something fucking weird. I'm going to take down Italy. All right. Yeah, I would have thought enough. Germany speaking to Austria. Before, sorry, in spring 901 would make sense. Well, Worst case scenario, if you don't trust Austria, you can maybe do it after that move. But if I was Austria, I'd be going, mm, Yeah, please are you don't. Sure? You sure? Yeah. Sure, you're not coming for Vienna? Or maybe Trieste? Yes. So yep. this comes back to the area that I thought we were going to talk about, which is communication, which I think is. Chapter something else. 30, was it? Chapter 30, maybe, yeah. Penetrate their minds. <laughs> well, it's all about... All right, yeah, okay. Communication is a kind of war. It's field of battle, the resistant and defensive minds of the people you want to influence. The goal is to advance, to penetrate their defences and occupy their minds. Anything else is ineffective communication, self-indulgent talk. Learn to infiltrate your ideas behind enemy lines, sending messages through little details, luring people into coming to the conclusions you desire and into thinking they've gotten there by themselves. Some you can trick by cloaking your extraordinary ideas in ordinary forms. Others, more resistant and dull, may be awoken with extreme language that bristles with newness. At all cost, avoid language that is static, preachy and overly personal. Make your words a spark for action, not passive contemplation. Why do you fucking always hit the table like that? Sorry. <laughs> making the point. You are yeah. making the point. Oh shit, you're not thinking of it. It's okay, it hasn't died yet. Um, that's a good point. Penetrate their minds. That's good advice. So... So I know I've got a crappy poker face. Poker face. Poker face. Yeah, me too. Right. I was talking to someone on the side, all of a sudden, so smiling, he's like, yeah, 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 we'll work together, we'll be really good on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that is. So, that's an area we can work on ourselves. Yeah. Like the, the, the relay of information through tells. 
Yep. Um, whatever that looks like. Maybe when you start giggling, you'll start wanting to smile. Um, you could just like, okay, what's a quick joke? And just sell a joke. Yeah. Oh, I got a joke you know. today. Oh, yeah, what's your joke? Actually, no, I haven't got a joke now. I just want to give you a, a, just a, an anecdote into my life. Okay. Just trying to remember the anecdote. Um, so the other day, our bed's at a home, not, not going very well. So I said to Mrs. Amby, I said, you know, I think you're getting a new bed, but maybe we should get a trampoline. Why? I don't know, but she hit the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's bad on a number of levels. Like that's... Yep. Gotcha. Alright, cheers. Moving on. Moving on. I did hear a couple of good jokes, but I forgot them. I had a friend the other... Actually, I had a coffee with a friend this morning who usually is very good at, at jokes, and I kind of was asking for jokes in preparation for today. I've got that one we just talked about then. He gave me another one, I can't remember now, because it was really ordinary. It was like lots and lots and lots of lead up and he got to the end and it's like eh, I, I can probably remember if I need to but after the beers I think not no. and it wasn't very good at the start no, no so no. Let's, let's, let's leave that one out otherwise I'd have to edit it out and that would be a pain in the ass alright well I've come to that was that really good so I think that was I'd... a useful newbie segment so we're going to bring this one along for regular stuff or what well what do you reckon should we? I mean, there's other, there's like, hit them where it hurts, the centre of gravity strategy. No, I think, okay, um, so what I'd like to do is, how about this? How about we... We'll transform get, your war into a crusade. Okay, so... I've seen pre- that work really well in games. Like like a player, yes. take it on themselves, <laughs> and just rally everyone behind them. These are, the, you know, like, honestly... Anyway, go on. Oh, no, no, I agree with you. I've been in many a game... Okay. So whenever I've, I've played England, just for a bit of a bit of a lark, and it's like, oh fuck this! It's like literally, <laughs> I'm gonna go and take Jerusalem, so I, you know, classic map Syria. And sometimes when you communicate to people, they go along with the game and they will help you. Other times they go, you fucking dickhead! What? Yeah, you're just easy meat. Stab, grab your SCs. Thank you very much. It's okay, alright. Oh, you got onto that though, there was something you were going to say. Oh yeah, I was going to say, look, I actually, I really like what you've got there. But I think probably what we need to do is just deal with the core basics. So like, like you think about uni, so like, there's like 101. Okay. This is probably 201. It's taking, I reckon we just talk about negotiation and communication as a concept next. And then we're pretty much done on the really, really basic basics. And then we can come back to each of these things. When I was in uni, I took a second year subject in the first year. Yeah, because they made it easy for you guys in your generation. But that was really interesting because it made the stuff I was learning in the first year more relevant because I could see where it was going. Okay, so we'll, when we kind of cobble together all these episodes, we'll leave this one in, then we'll go back to 101, and we'll go to 201 again. All right, okay. All right. So 101, 
communication. Next is communication negotiation. Right, good. What's next, Kona? Well, I've come to the last. I've come to the end of my run sheet. What um, about this election plank? You got any new election planks? Well, no. We 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 spoke about that. We did, but I got so drunk now I can't remember what the planks were. Well. Oh, we talk about we talk about future planks. Future planks. So one of the things we've um, recently rejigged. And regular listeners would know occasionally we talk about our Patreon account, where literally you can get extra bonus content when we are even more drunk, talking about diplomacy even more. Yes, yes. And all it costs is normally just two bucks a month, and you've got happy days, bonus content. Yep. So literally, normal episode comes out, a few days later, bonus episode comes out, and you get more shit. Yes. So, what I thought is, okay, so that's two bucks a month. So, like, if you give three bucks a month, only one dollar more. And honestly, three bucks a month. What, what the fuck can you give for three bucks? Oh, it's need, not even oh, a coffee. Need, yep. So, three bucks becomes a... Something on table. Fucking table. <laughs> um, what, you get to become a minister in my cabinet? No, a secretary. In America, they're secretaries. Are they? Yeah, secretaries. It's like Secretary of State... Secretary of the Interior, Secretary well, of Agriculture. Obviously, I need a secretary. My vice, my, my sorry. My need someone vice, to use a typewriter. My, my vice president, Ambie, yep, is there to prevent me from making faux pas like this, breaking into a new country's political system. Indeed. So thank you for correcting me. That ministers are secretaries. That's right. So, in other words, if you want to look, we we, we pretty much. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm relatively confident that. What are we now in December? Yeah, we're in December. This time next year, you'll be the president of the United States of America, and I'll be the vice president. Yeah. So I think listeners who are, are going, yeah, look, I wouldn't mind a bit of a government gig being, you know, secretary of whatever. I need a secretary of health. I need a secretary of sharp knives. That's right. I think that's I need concentrate more on that because we are a diplomacy theme podcast. Secretary of miscommunication. Oh, I think we need a. We may need a secretary and a vice secretary or whatever they call them. A vice secretary for miscommunication, yep. Um, I need a secretary of duplicitous intention. So maybe we need to get some candidates. Okay, we need to get some people who are willing to sit around the cabinet table with us. You know, maybe we don't need the Department of Health or whatever it is. We don't, maybe we don't need, you know. Well, Homeland Security. Help. We just kind of get rid of that shit and we have, like, you know, the Department of Duplicity. Part of backstabbery. I like it. So, you know, if you want to be part of that, <clears throat> three bucks. That's a bargain. Three bucks. And, you know, and we will cabinet. use that money wisely on either A, beer, B, audio equipment, or maybe C, our campaign. Probably not C, but... Officially see. Yeah. 
Speaking of stuff. Oh yeah, stuff. What stuff? I now have a demol image. A what? Demol. What's demol? Demol. What's demol? What's demol? Yeah, so sorry, I'm older. I don't know what the kids talk about nowadays. Oh, demol. Fuck it. Diplomatic man of leisure. <laughs> if, if you want, if you want a shirt. Um, I reckon 40 bucks could probably send it somewhere in the world. That's, that's 40 Australian, which is like about... Oh. What? What's that? 30 bucks American? American? 30 American? Somewhere between, 20, somewhere between 25 and 30 American. Yeah, and that's postage included, so... Wow. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, Not that's, just a diplomatic man of leisure, but a diplomatic man of postage. If you want D-Bop... <laughs> I can change it. People say, what's Demon? I'm a diplomatic man of postage, thank you very much. General. What is it called? The General Secretary of the Post Office? I don't fucking know what they're General. It's actually Postmaster Secretary. Postmaster. Postmaster General. Postmaster General. You could be a Postmaster General. Diplomatic man of Postmaster. No, Diplomatic Postmaster General. (laughs) DPG. So you can just change the letters around based on what. Oh, I should get one. I should get one. Say VP. <laughs> Demol VP. Either say P. <laughs> People say P. What? Oh, yeah. President, mate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have we got anything else? No. All right. Let's wrap up the. Um, let's wrap up this episode, and we'll move on to and the we'll Patreon on to the bonus. Yes. So yeah, Patreon bonus. Remember, two bucks a month. Fucking cheapest chips. Those chips, and you kind of get all this extra bonus shit. Um, if you if you if you kind of don't want to do that, totally cool. Maybe pop onto iTunes or Stitcher, give us a bit of a review, give us a bit of a thumbs up or five stars or whatever. Whatever, all that um, And look, if you are playing in the face-to-face scene or even in the online scene, and you like the show, just let people know. If something comes up and just go, yeah, fucking. No, I heard about that in that, web, that podcast. Yeah, a couple of drunk Australian guys. Yeah, that's right. They, they talked about some shit about diplomacy, and uh, that'd be nice. And we, and as as uh, Kane and I were talking about off off uh, mic, we do have a number of um, potential, quite intriguing interviews coming up and stuff. Yes, for 2020 and the new year. I'm looking forward to my holidays. I'll kind of go on holidays in well a day from now. Oh yeah. And then I might be able to kind of have a bit of free time to organise some shit because I haven't been around to it for a while. Awesome. So, here's to 2020. Oh, here's to 2020. Cheers, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. 2019's been a blast. Catch you next year. Bye-bye.